I'm Adam Mannis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. That's right, every day. Do you like the way my voice sounds today? It sounds very pleasant. Yeah, well, you've been telling me I need to be six to eight inches away from the microphone. Man. That's hard to judge. The podcast can either sound good or it can't. (laughs) Well, if we're sounding good, then, you know, you'll hear it. (laughs) What are we talking about today? Today we're talking about how to build a good practice routine from early on. You know, Mm. kind of like if we were to start over knowing what we know now kind kind of thing. And this comes from... Uh, I play trumpet. Su- that would be the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I it's stand in front. <laughs> a suggestion on Facebook from listener Johnny Lynn. Thank you, Johnny. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think this is a good a good thing to think about. If only to maybe you know retool your own practice routine. Yeah, it could be kind of a when you're a beginner or a nice little reset. Yeah, but you know. if you are a beginner, I mean, the first thing I think about is I would definitely start transcribing a little sooner although i did start pretty fast with that but i would keep it in my regular regular practice routine uh earlier uh yeah i mean i think I, I don't know if you caught me the other day i came up with a new you know i like acronyms yeah i came up with one a bet a bet a bet a b e t what does that stand for always be ear training always be ear training that's yeah. good and that's really i mean transcribing if not transcribing something as part of your daily practice routine that's developing your ears yeah i think that's great yeah you know actually kind of piggyback on this i think really the first thing i would do i think the most important thing i do now that i didn't used to do for years is to keep a journal a practice journal Mm. uh, of ideas of things to transcribe or concepts to check out or tunes to learn all these things that i kind of keep now uh so that i'm never stuck i'm never stuck without anything to do that's very important i'm actually surprised that that I get a lot of over the years and and to this day a common question I get is what should I practice yeah and I always think that's weird because I'm like man for me it's well maybe part of it is people want to know what should I practice of this myriad of different choices and they need some kind of prioritization and some sort of order but I think sometimes people also feel like oh if I'm practicing the wrong thing or at the wrong time or in the wrong order I'm going to actually get worse and I don't think that that's true I think that there can be a certain amount of serendipity and randomness sometimes for part of your practice that can be very good because you, you, it, it's about like kind of getting in touch with what your workflow is. So if you have certain things that are always part of your structure, like ear training, like technique, yeah. like repertoire, so those are always set. But then you have a little bit of freeform time in your routine, even from as a beginner where you think, oh, it has to be so regimented. But you are always kind of have that that opportunity to kind of – because this is creative what we're doing, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yes, there's the technical aspect. And I love this idea of like keeping a journal because it can be reflective as much as it is um, planning, right? Absolutely, yeah. Because you can kind of go back and, and think about, oh, this is what I did. And this really worked good when I practiced in the morning. So I'm going to work that in and then try that out. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. Yeah, the, the journal is key. And I think it's a huge part. Something I wish I would have done from the start. I think it would have kept me on track a little more than right. the beginning. Now, would you say journal? Would that be a bullet journal by any chance? I've, do, I've noticed you walking around with one recently. Well, you could do a bullet bullet journal. That's not <laughs> that's not a a bullet journal isn't actually a physical thing. It's a oh, technique it's in your journal. Really? Come on, man. Oh, well, I thought it was both. Well, it can be. Are you using like something that comes with bullets? <laughs> no. I mean, yes. I don't know. Dude. <laughs> I got to up my butt. I, I thought I was. but <laughs> I think it's more of a philosophy than a than it is a... I, I didn't want to say kind of a hipster philosophy a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got my, my cold brew here. Hold on. <laughs> 
Um, I'm noticing your cold brew is just a bunch of ice. I'm not so jealous today because it's just denigrated into a cup of ice. I should have got the large size. I'm telling you, man, I'm drinking more coffee with this cold brew than I ever have in my life. It's good. It's, it's, it's good not stuff. good. It's not no, good. No, no. I'm not sleeping. It's, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some other things specific to beginners uh, with the practice routine that might be valuable. Yeah, and you know, a lot of these things you hear said often and you probably just ignore them but one thing I think that is key from the beginning which I wish I would have done more is to play and practice and learn everything deeply in all 12 keys oh, from man. the start I Hello. mean you talk preach, about brother, like preach what should I practice you probably you know when people ask me that I'm like you probably don't know you probably don't have in your hands all the scales and arpeggios in no. all 12 keys exactly. that's so easy you don't have to think at all those right. are all in books, you know, and just like, if you can't do scales and arpeggios in all 12 keys, you're still an intermediate player as far as that. I mean, you have to get those things together. Right. Like those. And I think we've heard uh, quite a few players, pretty good players, not great, that if you were to dig deep and like sort of test them, like they moved on without really having that foundational piece. Yeah. And it shows up in their playing later. It shows up. You, you can't know, escape you can't it hide. because you're playing... Have you met Miss Jones? And then there's a there's a two five to G flat. What got are you gonna it. do? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you gotta have it. Don't just do the same licks that you always do. Like be as comfortable in G flat. Be able to play tunes in weird keys. I mean, it's it's a skill that really separates the elite from the non. You know. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I mean, I think some people kind of get away with just never playing that kind of repertoire or never playing in those keys. But even that exposes you because you go to hear your gig and you're. You can kind of tell by the tunes they're playing, like, ah, certain things they just can't do. Yeah. You know, um, it was nice. I did a tour last week with a, a young bass player and the great Ulysses Owens on drums. And they're like, you know, they're enough younger than me that they're still, they still kind of like to, like, it's important to them to have, like, a tough key or, like, a really fast tune in every set. Like, to me, I don't really... I feel like I don't feel like I have to prove myself with that. Yeah. I do enjoy playing that, yeah. but I'm I'm kind of past the point of like, oh, what if somebody comes to hear me and I didn't play? I mean, I'll play all if if the moment feels right to just play all ballads. I'm like, to me, that's just as impressive yeah. uh, to fit into the moment. Yeah. But it was fun, also like getting back into that kind of mentality a little bit. And so like they call it's funny you say have you met with Jones because the bass player called it, and I was like, cool. And I said, yeah, well, let's do it in a different key on top of that. And he was like, all right, cool. Like, he was like, bet, bet, you yeah, know. Yeah. But that really, I mean, yeah, that one element does not mean you're a great player. Of course not. Yeah. It, it can be a, a parlor trick as well. But you combine be, being a very good player and the ability to do that, that's saying something. Because th there's a certain amount of ear training, yep. facility at the instrument, being able to get around. And then you know a player like that, you can throw anything at them. That's right. You know, you can throw anything at them. And they're going to be able to, if not play it immediately, adjust and get to it. I mean, They're the, not limited. The whole goal of this is for everything that you play to feel comfortable and easy yeah. to, to the listener, that yeah. you're not working too hard. And so They don't if, usually know if you're in a funny key, do that's they? That's right, no. Mm -hmm. So if you get to a 3-6-2-5 in E and you can't hang and it seems like you're really trying too hard, that's yep. going to throw the listener off and, yep. and really kind of take them out. So I would say from the beginning, yep. practice in, in hard keys. You know, and actual advice on this, we've talked about this before, if you're practicing, say, scales or voicings or something, start in E or start in D flat right. and go in fourths or go chromatically or, or just hit those hard keys yes. specifically and then go to G and yep. B flat and F and C and all the ones we all play in all the time. You know, I'm, I'm really grateful that I, I don't know how this happened. It must have been one of my really good piano teachers, but um, you know, I learned a lot of the scales going through 
I mean, I definitely learned the cycle of fifths and the cycle of fourths and did some, but I did more chromatically. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of forces you out. You see, because see, a lot of people will start to practice scales and then they either get sidetracked or they don't have enough time or the phone rings or whatever. So if you're going cycle of fifths and say you're practicing a new scale or a new, you know, intense or, or contrary motion, you're going to start at C. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is great because it's easy. Then G, this is not that hard. Then D. And then, oh, I got sidetracked. So then you never get to B and, and A and D flat. Whereas if you start C and then go chromatically, you're already getting into some hard keys and some totally different fingering. So you're kind of like muscle confusion and, oh, mind, okay. you, know, you know, like re- really trying to learn some of those. Not, I mean, it, it's definitely good to learn in the cycle of fists too when you get in the fingerings because then you get that, you get that lineage of the fingering and how that develops. That's and that's right. important. Yeah. But as you're getting into more advanced scales and advanced ways to do them, I really recommend... Uh, now I know this is for beginners, so that's why I'm talking about advance. <laughs> well, but no, beginners need to start with hard keys. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you start as a beginner on the, on keys like D flat and G flat and B, yeah. they're, they're going to seem easy by the time you're right. an intermediate player. I think it's important. It is important. And yeah. then just go slow. Yeah. Go slow. Take your time. Hands alone. Uh, anybody can play anything slow. That's right. You know, you could train a monkey to play. I think they have. I'm going to go on YouTube and see that. Train monkey playing scales. And don't think that you're not making progress by going slow. You are connecting, you know, your neurons yeah. to your hands. You're, you're making these connections. You will get the speed. Right. right Just right. keep going slow. Accuracy over, over speed at first. I like it. And then I think, you know, another crucial thing that I wish I would have done, and I, I did this kind of probably after a couple of years of playing, but... Start recording yourself early Ooh, and then good. be honest and non-judgmental about it and just right. kind of take stock of things that you need to work on. You know, record. You get a little judgy with yourself every now and then. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. you want to be critical, but you don't want to beat yourself up. Right. Uh, you don't want to Where be you like, I get suck. discouraged. You yeah. Don't, get, don't discouraged. get discouraged. Just be honest about it. And don't get too like, oh, I sound great. That, <laughs> right. that can be a beginner problem, too, of like, I'm fine. Well, that's usually people that don't record themselves. <clears throat> don't, so I yeah. think your advice about recording, will, will, will that'll kind of, you can't lie to yourself. Can't lie to yourself. So. Yeah. I like to record myself and really be specific, pick specific things up and say like, why did I just play that voicing? I don't want to play that voicing. Yeah, and then start taking that out. And that's and that plays into a little bit of ear training as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good. I like it. I feel like I'm on a little reset for my practice now. Yeah, I'm I got go, some I'm ideas. Going back to some beginner practice techniques. Me too. I'm going chromatic here on my scale practice you know from here on that's out. That's how you know? we do it. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. tape. I'm gonna record myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we want to invite everyone to join uh, in our new tradition of our weekly newsletter. Very excited. How would they do that? We have the wonderful Rachel Morgan who is providing that for us. Rachel's Did awesome. you know that? She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. She's really bringing some great new energy to the You'll Hear. We'll have to have her on as a, a guest. Perhaps. Yeah. It, Rachel uh, is is helping us with the You'll Hear podcast and other things at Open Studio, but also a very good pianist. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. She will, she will, now, she could tell you about beginner practice techniques yeah. on scale. A, she might put us to shame on She has that. a great sound on the, she does. on the keyboard, man. She does. She really does. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get in on this great newsletter and see what you're missing out, it's totally free. It's not spammy. It's uh, we don't sell your email. Can you even do that anymore? Remember, people used to be like, "Are you going to sell my email?" Oh yeah, who would buy that. my email? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell everybody my email address. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, we won't sell it. Just one once a week. Some some maybe we'll start throwing in a little bit of actual, like a little saying or something in there. Right now, we just have a list of the upcoming. Uh, episodes, but we, you know, I'm not going to overpromise and underdeliver. But you'd like to overpromise <laughs> on this podcast a little bit. We'll see. Uh, but all you got to do is text. You'll hear it. Mm-hmm. One word to four four two two two. Did you try it? I haven't done it yet. I'm gonna oh, you haven't done it right now. I'm gonna do it right now. No pressure. No, no, no. That's cool. Uh, you can also go to you'll You can leave us a uh, message. You can write us a message. Uh, give us some ideas for future episodes. You can tell us. 
what you're working on, you can just pop in and say hi. We love that. And don't forget to go to iTunes or Google Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. We prefer seven stars. That is impossible, but see if you can make it happen. That's right, right. And actually, I'm looking here. When you text to 44222, you can text. You'll hear it. It doesn't have to be uh, capitalized. You can just text. You'll, you'll hear, hear it. it. Just as one word. So that you might even be able to pull that off as you're driving, now that I think of it. But we don't recommend that. Of we course. definitely don't. <laughs> um, so that's great. So I guess until tomorrow. You'll hear it. <laughs>